For the last few Sundays, we have been reflected on the kingdom of God as, as a vineyard. You know, recall the, the laborers that are called at different times, early in the day and later, and then those who initially say no, but then they regret it and go and work in the vineyard. And as Father Ivan was explaining last Sunday, the vineyard is the world in as much as it is taken care of by Christians. But the parable today is directed in a different way. It's directed to the chief priests and the elders, to those who were entrusted with a certain level of authority and responsibility over the vineyard. They are in a high position. And maybe the, the question that we get from the whole situation is, how, what happened to them? What happened that they were not faithful? Because they were supposed to be the ones preparing the kingdom for the Messiah. And when the prophets came, and when the Messiah came, they did not recognize them. They rejected Christ. They crucified him. So it's a different situation. It's not that they were not working in the vineyard. They were in the vineyard. They were working. But rather the problem was that they no longer recognized God as the owner. You know, they, they, they took full possession of it. And I'm sure that many of them didn't start off in, in a bad way. Um, but eventually they, they began to enjoy the perks of their position, the honors, being the center of attention. And so, you know, they went on to just forget they were stewards. And suddenly the vineyard became their precious, in a way. Uh, they went from being stewards to being owners of it. Well, it's the classic temptation of power and wealth and influence and how it corrupts the human heart. Now, let's pause here. Maybe we might imagine, then is the lesson from the gospel that Jesus would say to us, never aspire to anything important in life. Don't go for any position of influence because if you have that aspiration, that will corrupt you. As someone asked me you know, many times, people ask, young people ask me many times, Father, is it okay to have ambitions in my life? Is that too dangerous for my soul? And I would say, no. Christ would not discourage you from that. I mean, he would warn you, it is, there is a danger. But he wouldn't say, no, you shouldn't go for it. He himself gave us the parable of the, of the talents. If you have received a certain gift, you're meant to multiply that and make it grow and invest it. And you're supposed to go for great things. So I think the, God would say to you, it's fine for you to have these high dreams and ambitions. But his question to us would be, why do you want to be great? What is the reason? What do you want to obtain from that greatness? Have you thought of that? Another way to ask this question is, do you seek this greatness with a, a Christ-centered heart or with a self-centered heart? Because if it's Christ-centered, you will be able to resist the temptations and the pressures that come with a position of influence, especially if you do great things. And many of you will. You will achieve great things, many of you here. But, you know, if you do it with a self-centered heart, if it's mainly about being noticed 
and about being more than other people, you know, then those, those temptations will get the best of you. You know, I would dare say that even if you set out without any selfish or greedy ambition, just with a vague desire to do great things, you know, um, that can, that can, we can still lose the way if we're not anchored in God. Because the temptations and the pressures of important positions are, can be overwhelming, can be difficult. Just to share a small example of this. Uh, I have a good friend in Oregon who is a man of great faith uh, and also a financial advisor, and he once shared with me this list of names. And he asked me, do you recognize this name? So I read Arthur Cutton, Albert Fall, Charles Schwab, Liam Fraser, Ivar Kreuger, Jesse Livermore. I keep, kept on going. I said, no, I have no idea who these people are. He says, well, these are men who in 1923 were at the, at the pinnacle of their careers. They were bankers, they were presidents of companies, CEOs of the largest corporations in the U.S. and the world. They were, you know, part of the president's cabinet. They were all people in their 40s, 50s, and very successful. You look at this same list of names 25 years later, and it's quite tragic. All of them are either broke or in jail or have committed suicide. And he, this friend of mine, told me, you know, I keep this list with me to remind me that success can be very tempting. It can have a lot of spiritual dangers. And he says, I want to be successful, but I need to be rooted in Christ. Now, thankfully, there are also very, very many and very good exam- positive examples of people who have been very successful in, in in business, in the church, in, you know, in, doing, in leading great causes, and have been very holy. A uh, person that came to mind when thinking of this homily was a lady by the name of Hildegard Burjan. She's a blessed. She's on the way to holiness. She was born and raised uh, basically an agnostic. Um, she was a non-practicing Jew. And she became a Catholic in her 20s after a lot, lot of searching and asking. She was seeking. She obtained degrees in economics and social policy. And she went on to, after she converted, she was married and had a, her daughter. And then she became member of parliament in the, in the Austrian Empire in the early 1900s. And she was a woman of great influence. They, they listened to her. You know, the Archbishop of Vienna said of Hildegard Burjan, she is the conscience of parliament because of the, how she brought Catholic social teaching to bear on, on these parliamentary discussions. And she then went on to found a, a Catholic order, and she became the superior in a, in a strange way, being a married woman. She was the superior of this uh, group of sisters. Well, an amazing person that was very highly accomplished, had a, very, a lot of authority, but also was rooted in Christ. Or think of Karol Wojtyla, this, you know, this young, talented man who, during Nazi occupation, went into the seminary, underground seminary. I mean, think of the pandemic. Well, this is even, I don't know, more tragic, right? Being a priest, starting to be a priest in the midst of a Nazi occupation of Poland. That was devastating. Well, he was ordained. He served as a priest now under the communist regime for decades and you may think, well, that's what a hidden life, a very humble life of service, but yet God had different plans. He was elected bishop, 
and then eventually Pope, and as St. John Paul II, he you know, had a tremendous influence. But again, he was someone who never wanted to rise for the sake of rising, but saw his achieving high positions as a way to serve, and to bring a message of hope, and to support people in their struggles. And I could mention many more, men and women who were highly influential and successful. And their success didn't lose them because they discovered how to seek success in a Christ-centered way. Now, you may say to me, well, that sounds great, but how do I become Christ-centered? I think, you know, to the great extent, it's a grace of the Holy Spirit to have that, you know, that grace of him, from him. But then there are steps that we can take to kind of accompany that work of the Lord's grace in us. So let me list a few things that can help. The first one is, do good things that won't be noticed. Do good things that won't be noticed. You know, it's unavoidable that many things I do will be noticed. Maybe my homily will be posted online. You know, many people will listen to it. Okay. Uh, maybe things you do, you, you will be awarded for them. But also do things that will not be part of your resume. Do things that other people won't learn about. That's a guarantee that you keep working also not just for my name or for my career, or for something that people will, will uh, admire. The second thing is act in a humble way. Be unassuming. You know, don't, and this happens in every simple situation, like a family dinner conversation. If I don't try to draw all the attention to myself, you know, if I, I don't think of myself as more important than other people, there's many ways to, of being and acting in humility. But I think the, maybe the most important step is this one for, that I recommend for tonight. is Think about that why question. Why do you want greatness? I assume that many of you want to achieve great things in your lives. But why do you want that? If it's just about me, that, that's not a good enough reason. It's not going to be satisfying. Seek a way to that greatness that glorifies God and generates something good for other people. Now, I found a, a great example close to us. You know, Patricio, who was playing in the band for many Sundays, his own brother and, and sister-in-law, Atenas and Tobias, they are very well-known Catholic musicians in, the, in, the, in Spanish mostly, not in English so much. But uh, they're great artists. And it's very edifying to see how much they have thought out this why question. Why do we want to be famous? Why do we want to achieve greatness? Because they want to do music that is uplifting for young people and enhances their experience of prayer and retreats and masses. And they told us, you know, we could do fancier music, more elaborate with more voices, but we want to keep it simple because we want music ministries in churches to be able to play what we, what we compose. We could also do catchier songs that are going to be played on the radios more, more often. But we want to play more like spiritual songs that will help people to pray and grow and celebrate the liturgy. And they're doing great. They're, they're really growing a lot. But at the same time, they're a good example of how you can blend good ambitions with a desire to serve others and give of yourself. And that shapes their music and all they do. You know? So... Do good things that won't be noticed. Be humble. Act in a, in a humble way. And think about that why 
Why do you want greatness? What purpose will that serve? May we pray. Lord Jesus Christ, make my heart be centered and rooted in you. Lead me, Lord, to great things. I want to achieve great things. But give me the grace of not seeking my own glory in them, but your glory alone. So, Lord, when you come to visit this vineyard of yours, I will be ready. I will be ready to, to turn over to you the fruits of all my labors. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.